So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. This episode is all about 1995. And, well, before, actually, the name is going to get into another conversation, so let me get into the introductions first, get those out of the way. I am, of course, or maybe not, if you're just hearing this for the first time, my name is Matt, and joining me, as he does for every episode, is my good friend, Quint. Hello. Okay, so, name is something, even when the name is the same, we seem to manage to talk about the name way more than we probably should. <laughs> but this time it's appropriate because here we go. 1995. The official name is Halloween Horror Nights Five: The Curse of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Yep. So now we actually have a catchphrase, I guess, tagged onto the event name, which is something that will last for a long, long time. Oh, and, okay, cool. And to my, in my opinion, very much so. I like the idea of them having their uh, kind of giving it an identity now every year. Yeah, you, for sure. You listen to the name and you kind of go in, maybe with an expectation, depending on how big of a, a fan you are, but at least sets the mood. We'll say that. Now, the reason behind the name, we have our first licensed icon, and I am going to go ahead and use the icon name icon right now because that seems to be the general consensus of it. Icon, when you use the word icon with Halloween Horror Nights, it means several different things. In this case, I'm using it in that we have a face for everything we have the face for advertising face for the commercials the print and he's also featured in the event so i will use the word icon for better or for worse we'll get more into what that means later but right now i'm going to use the word icon and that is the crypt keeper from the hbo show tales from the crypt yep and i'm I'm waiting this is one of the episodes i've really been waiting for because you kept throwing around this icon word and i've resisted looking it up just so that i can <laughs> okay. learn about it on this show right so yeah i'm i'm really excited to see what, what this is all about this whole icon thing this is where this the event starts taking a turn now i don't know how long until we start getting into the original icons i think it's quite a few years but now we start to get a face to the event before it's always been even just judging by the event guys it's just a halloween looking thing i mean we, we talked about it several times the jack-o'-lantern in the first <laughs> uh, in two and three the uh, Universal Studios monsters for the first one. These were you could maybe make the argument that there are icons, but icons icons can get into a heated debate with longtime fans. I don't like to poke that bear, uh, okay, and 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 say that about the first one. Uh, but uh, fourth one was real general. We just you and I just recorded it. People have just listened to it a week ago. If they're listening to this as they come out, that was just a general Halloween thing it was dark it was gloomy you had a fiery sky and you had a a a nondescript skull demon head now now you have a face you look at you recognize and is going to pop up everywhere halloween horror nights is involved like i said with ads and the show itself so this is the start of a turn of where we get a face that is everywhere be it be it someone famous in a sense like the crypt keeper or someone original which they will have original icons which we will discuss in great detail in the future. That's cool. I mean, and that's I, I, cause you resisted using the icon word for all these other different things. That's why I was like, really, this is kind of cool. I like yep. this. And I like the fact that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And do, so the, have they stopped doing this? This is now, see, I was just thinking this as you're saying that you started at a very weird time of the icon era, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it's worth discussing the icon era kind of stopped in a sense with halloween horror nights 20 it was a culmination mm. of all the icons and we'll i'll explain that more when we get to 20 i know that's 50, okay, 15 cool. episodes away but i'm just setting the stage for you hey i've got something to look forward to i'm good so when we got to 21 which is your first year they kind of started the icons over again with lady luck 
Ah, but when they got to 22, they went in a different direction. So she's kind of like the icon outcast. So she didn't, they didn't do any after her. She didn't get to a grand finale like all the other ones did. She's just kind of out there on her own. So you hit, in a sense, in my opinion, you missed the icon era, although you did go to a year with an icon. You missed the entire era by one year. Okay. So. Um, that's unfortunate, it but is. I look forward I look forward to really learning about it. That's it's cool. And you will need to know about it I think for this year because as well, we've said before yeah. and is no secret, not a spoiler unless you are actively avoiding 25 spoilers for anyone listening. You know, skip ahead about 20 seconds here. If you're avoiding spoilers, this is not the podcast. <laughs> exactly. <for you. laughs> yeah, yeah. The the all-time greatest most regarded icon of all time, Jack the Clown is back this year. So I don't know if he's just back for 25 or if we're starting a new age of icon errors. We were I really can't answer that till 26. Right. But I got a real feeling you're going to need to know the other ones before we get to 25. So it's a good thing we're doing this coverage the way we're doing it leading up to 25. Loving it. So this is the start of it, as I said. Dates. We are we're increasing the dates more. We're almost doubling last time. Actually, not not quite. We're about five short. We're thirteen days, so we're it's one and a half times last year. Starts on October thirteenth, goes into the fourteenth, then nineteenth, twenty first, twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth, and thirty first. They just went the whole week for Halloween that year. Yep. And they also extended it because since the 31st falls on a Tuesday, they wanted to take advantage of the following weekend before striking the sets, I would imagine, and added November 1st and 2nd as well. Nice. Which I actually enjoy the post-Halloween dates because they are typically slower. I don't think they're as slow as the the second week of Halloween Hard Nights now, the modern era of Mm -hmm. Halloween Hard Nights, but they're slower than Halloween week. So if there's like one thing I would go, I just, I really want to see this one more time before it goes. It's always nice to have that post-Halloween weekend. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. I I mean, I would imagine that's, that's where, um, I, I would imagine it is slower just because, you know, now the question I have is like, um, is it cheaper for locals on that that last weekend or is there like do they have any deals where it's like you wanted to avoid all of the the tourist crowds you can come on this these nights is there anything like that going on there is i don't know if that that might fit into i'd have to check i, I will tell you this and I, and i only know from paying in the since like 1999 on and that's kind of when it started there's a ticket there's a, a tiering price where it starts off it always starts off at as low as price and goes up, just keeps going up and up and up. And it looks like I'm looking at some past ticket schedules. It looks like that anything after, in fact, I can confirm this for two years in a row. And I'm going to say this is the same thing. Anything after the 31st drops down to that first tier. So it looks like that is your last chance to get in at the first tier price. Got it. So yes, I guess that is a, that answer. Yeah. That would, that really does answer it as a yes. Florida residents, I don't know if this is true or not. And I'm again, this is ex- based from experience. And uh, oh, okay, I'm looking at this year. That used to be, and I know this for sure. It used to be, it was one price throughout the entire run. Let's okay. say, let's say it was twenty five bucks Florida resident discount. It didn't matter what night you went. But I'm looking at this year's, and they have the same tiering uh, schedule. It's a different price. It's lower for Florida residents, but they have the same tier schedule. So actually, theirs go up, and then that last weekend it drops again cool so yeah there there you go that's the best answer i can piece together no i I totally answered what i needed to okay the scheduled time this year was 7 p.m to midnight so they closed it a little earlier from my notes this might be a case of where the big nights the weekday i'm sorry the weekend nights and halloween night may have been open to one again um this is pieced together from bits and pieces of geez what is that 20 year old (laughs) <laughs> information now so i go by the brochure or the event guides now the event guide i have uh, i don't even have i take that back the event guide online i'm looking at has the uh, a specific date range on it. it does not have it for the entire event so that might just be for that night so i i don't want to say that the, it was shorted an hour for the whole event i don't know for sure but we know at least at the at the earliest it was closed at midnight on some nights if not all nights Cool. Admission price, 37 bucks. Went up again. But it only went up by a couple bucks. Yep. Not as much. Still went up. Yeah. Florida residents, the, the cheapest you could get in as a Florida resident, 
I found was after your discount coupons and your Florida resident discount was $13, which is still a pretty damn good discount next to the $37 Hell yeah. gate price. So that is it for those stats. Now, we got a lot of uh, first here, and we kind of already mentioned some of them, but it's the first full week run. The Monday the 25th to Saturday the 31st was a full week. That's not so uncommon these days, but this is the first time it ever happened. Yep. 20 years ago, back when I was in my 20s. Shut up. <laughs> first time it starts on a Friday the 13th, which is pretty damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> that it fell ever into that. Um, I don't know why I think that's neat. That just gives me a nice little a smile that they were able to start this on the on a Friday, not only the 13th, but a Friday the 13th. Yeah. With this new naming convention, Halloween going straight into Halloween Hard Nights and the number, it's the first time they use a Roman numeral, and they are going to use that forever. In fact, until the, uh, well, with a couple exceptions, 13 being one of them, 16 being the other, because they use the Sweet 16 candle thing. Otherwise, they're Roman numerals until you start coming. It's like you almost ushered in the era of the, uh, was it, the Arabic numbers. It's all about me, baby. <laughs> That's right. So, yes, the Roman numerals were started this year. I only mention that because I think when I think of these, I always picture the Roman numerals because that's the most I've seen is the Roman numerals, even mm-hmm. though they're they're numbered now. The, 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 I guess they're, they're the Arabic numbers. Am I saying that right? You don't know? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm probably not saying that right. Of all the facts that get wrong on this, that's going to be the least important. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I picture the Roman numerals a lot. I don't know why. I think that's because when I started going, it was always Roman numeral this, Roman numeral that. So, yeah. That's just a personal thing. First time at Icon used, we kind of opened a show about that, but he's not only used to promote the event. Again, as I said, he's also featured in an attraction, which we will get to. In fact, I'll list the attractions now and you'll hear about it right off the bat. When we get to mazes, we actually drop from four to three, which is unusual. Not this isn't the only time that happens where we drop in the number of houses, but this is the first time we drop in the number of houses. Hmm. And he takes over, he meaning the Crypt Caper, he takes over a legacy, I think you could say at this point. Dungeon of Terror now turns into the Crypt Keeper's Dungeon of Terror this year. Right. And it's still located in the same one as the year before. It absolutely yep. is. Yep. Yep. Uh, next house up is Terror Underground Transit to Torment. And the last house is Universal's House of Horrors, which just based on that name, without even going to my notes, is probably the one I would go back in time to, but we'll discuss that when we get to it, because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Uh, Scare Zones. I said zones. There's an S on that. There's two. There's Harwood Boulevard again, which sounds like by name, much like what we talked about last episode, though uh, we'll get into that as well. And Midway of the Bazaar, and that is a name we are going to hear for a long, long time. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes. I've actually seen Midways of the Bazaar, or yep. Midway, uh, a Midway Mid- of the Bazaar. <laughs> the, yes. uh, several of them, actually. Yep. It is a, uh, it's, mm, that's got a legacy of its own at this point now, too, I dare say. So, yes, that is a name that uh, has taken off, and not only the name, but the theme has taken off. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to to hear what what it was like in '95. Okay, uh, shows we got shows again. Fright. The, I'm sorry. The price is Fright Returns. We have Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. The name is back. Thankfully, yeah, because that's how I no <laughs> always more think time. of it. <laughs> no more time, cop. Rock of Ages, and this is way way before the Intolerable Broadway show. This um, is not. I'll take your word for it that it was intolerable. I never watched it. I didn't. I've never seen it either. I just the, the fact that it, the the music they picked and then they cast Tom Cruise in the movie. That's all oh. I need to know not to see it. Right. And the fourth show was the Crypt Keeper's Revenge: The Knights of Hell, Knights with a K. So he is not only the icon for the advertising. He's featured in two major major attractions this year. Yep. So as far as the addition of the Crypt Keeper, now you. No, now having done these shows, this is not the first licensed property. No. Universal has gone outside of their uh, library to to get to people under the stairs. Dark man, there's the ones that come right to mind. But he was the first one to become the focus of the event, and he was 
everywhere. Uh, I mean, I know I'm saying that more than more than once, but it's just uh, kind of hammering home how this icon era starts and how much money they're now putting into going outside of their own resources to put into the show. They're now paying the owners of the Crypt Keeper right. and HBO for the likeness of the one on their show to use him as their major point of uh, advertising. Well, advertising and, and even just, you know, theming, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it really does go beyond the advertising. Um, I'm looking at the brochures and they're just the fact that they've combined him into all of the, the you know, a house and a scare zone and all this shit. It's really like, it's like you said, he, he has become the icon of it. Yep. So that's kind of cool. And they've, they've went all out to use his recognizability or whatever you want to say in their ads. They, I mean, they, for their ads, they use the character and the voice. So it's like anyone that wasn't already a Halloween Horror Nights fan and was a Tales of the Crypt fan, they're now reaching out. They're, they're really going balls out, getting people into this yeah. that, that have not heard of it before. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So I say, I, my opinion, this is all for the better because this leads into a ton of stuff that I will eventually love about Halloween Horror Nights. Um, yeah, and this is also starting to shape up into what we see in modern day now. I mean, there's obviously modern day is, is just vastly expanded, but the whole look and feel of it is really, really into what I see when I go these days. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I, this is a start of that. It's, it's awesome. That this is what I really enjoyed about researching the show and talking to it about you, uh, talking about this event and doing this show with you is, is being able to find these bits and pieces where I can actually put my finger on it and say, this is where the start of this thing that I love is. And this is a big part of things I love starts with this year. Cool. So uh, I do have one question. Um, Uh So the, Actually, I'll wait for the houses. Never no, mind. go ahead, because uh, we're so, about to get into the details, so we'll see if that kind of rearranges okay. my notes here. No problem. So, uh, one of the things that I saw is that they're using a soundstage. Is this the first soundstage? I don't recall if we talked about that. Is this the first time they're using a soundstage for a house? It is in my notes that it's soundstage, the House of Horrors, Universal House of Horrors and Soundstage 2. I don't know if that's from me neglecting the note in the past or if it's because it caught my eye. So, so I, the the information I saw is that it's soundstage 23. Oh, 23? Okay, it may be a typo on my part. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, most of them are in sound stages now. Yes. That's, that's yes. why I was just curious. Was like, is this like that beginning of that part of the era too? Or um, is it this is just something we didn't note? in other episodes my notes evolve much like the event does so i cool. can't say but i i have a resource here i have a resource here i can look at in fact i encourage anybody to follow up on these i'm going to hhnlegacy.com and they have a yes they have a house locations link so let me look here quick just out of curiosity i'll look at soundstage 23 and no okay 23 was used for the people under the stairs both years Oh, okay. So this is not. I don't definitely see, not the first. Yeah, time. not the first. You know, it's, I don't see that they used one for Halloween Horror Nights four though. That's interesting. Yeah, they did not, and uh, so I'm not sure why they didn't use it for four. They must maybe use another one. Okay, so to answer your question, no, I just again my notes have evolved as we go. Did not note it before. So so Soundstage 23 has been used in the past specifically, actually solely for people under the stairs. The other, um, if we're going to give shout outs for, for websites, the other website that I use for trying to keep up with what Matt has done the research on is, um, hhncrypt.com. Yep. That is, I will say where I think a majority of my research starts because I start there with the event guide just to see what it looks like. And depending on what they have, I go from there. So yeah, both are great resources. Absolutely. And, uh, I'll, you know what? I'll do a shout out for the forums in another episode. Because that is when I want to make sure I get straight as well. Cool. Um, I the only reason I'm saying this is because uh, once I found these sites, it's it's kind of fun to <laughs> to to go through them as I'm listening to Matt's other research. And so you know, if you're listening along and you want to go through and, and click through some more stuff or see the stuff that we're talking about when we talk about the the maps and all that stuff, these are good resources. Yeah. And which, by the way, I'll do this. If any of those guys or gals that 
run those sites, listen to the show because it seems like the new media uh, fandom portion of Halloween Horror Nights is a little small. We actually are jumping in late because they've been around for a while. But if you happen to be listening to the show and you have anything to add that we miss, please reach out to us. Fast forward to the end of the show if you need the contact information because we are always looking for more and more than we are get are giving. We and we want to know it. We want to yeah. know it. We want to share it. Yep. So that little plea in the middle of everything. So, okay. Anyway, um, okay. We'll get back to, let me get back to the shows here. Cause I want to go through the shows quick and then we'll get into uh scare zones and wrap up with houses here. Like we usually do. That seems to be the format we fell on and, and I'm going to stick with that for this episode at least. So prices, right. Or prices, fright returns again, the Beetlejuice hosted game show. And I knew this was going to come up again and still could not find the, uh, any information on it whatsoever. Unfortunately, yeah. wish I could. Yeah. Because we've, I mean, Beetlejuice has been, well, Beetlejuice is a staple of anyone our age. Like, even if you didn't, the weird thing about Beetlejuice was you didn't have to like Halloween. You didn't like to have to like ghosts or goblins or any of that stuff. You didn't have to like horror. You didn't have to like any of that stuff. It was just like, it was a movie that transcended all that stuff just to be really, really fun, funny, and a great great watch and what was cool about the beetlejuice character and i only noticed this the more i see beetlejuice at universal because they change that show every couple years and i go and see when they change is like you know because michael keaton decided not to be michael keaton in this movie he's really opened up this character for so many other actors for these events because they just Uh need to do the gravelly uh, almost used car salesman type character because he doesn't sound like himself at all. So because he decided not to be Michael Keaton in this movie, this is a character they can use till the end of time. Yep. And, and it was one of the few times that you ever saw Michael Keaton where he was actually acting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. He's like, that's his, uh, Carl, the groundskeeper to Bill Murray's, uh, Caddyshack. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Otherwise he's always Michael Keaton. Which is not bad. It's just no, it's yeah. fine yep. unless he's doing Batman. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, that's another. That's literally another series. Yeah, We've that done was. that episode. Yep. Yeah, I was just gonna say you've done that episode, and you were all wrong. Well, no, Chris was no, wrong. Chris, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's Batman. Yeah. It's the it's the it's argument. Yeah. What's this? Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, which is great to say the name again, but unfortunately, another lost year. And I mean, I've got nothing. I don't, oh, even, have, I don't even know the fact that Time Cop was or wasn't involved. I'm going to assume he wasn't. Yeah. I got nothing on this one. I think those years are coming to a end here. Let me, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Check my next set of notes to see, just to give a teaser. Let's see. Yes, this is the last. This is the last of the lost years for a while. Starting with the next year, I will have much more detail on Bill and Ted's, like I did of their first one. I don't know why three, four, and five seem to be the lost years, but but they are. But after that, I have pretty good notes on almost everything up until when we saw, and then we can go from our memory from there. So uh, sad I don't have it this time, but I'm also happy to say it's the last time we'll be saying that for a long time, at least. Awesome. The Rock of Ages show. This was, by description, a street party music show with music legends, in quotes, from this world and beyond. So I am going to guess another spin on the Beetlejuice show, though I'm sure they're not using the exact characters from Beetlejuice, but they're probably pulling out different uh, monstrous versions of either maybe like a zombie Elvis or a you know another universal horror or another horror character performing as a, as something i don't know for sure for what but the fact that legends is in quote in their print tells me that they're a little bit of a twist on whatever we're gonna see yeah so that I, i've never really been i'm gonna say this and might be an unpopular uh comment but i've never been much for music shows at any of these kind of events not just halloween horror nights but i go to uh, like the, uh, you go to, we used to have a park. We'd still have it. It was Durney park out by where we lived and they always had a summer series, something, and they'd have special events. They'd have uh, special food, special drinks, maybe a special ride or, or early opening of a ride. And then they'd always have a music series. I could never really get into the music part of that. And reading these things like the rock Inferno, this legends and whatnot, these things just do not seem to be, exciting me about 
the way some of these other details are. I, I just wanted to put that out there for whatever reason, because if I sound less enthused when I talk about it, that's why. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same. I, I, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you are for that. I'm honestly, Bill and Ted kind of breaks that for me. Because yes, yep. Bill and Ted is a lot of music, and there is, you know, there is a lot of. But Bill and Ted is is a different type of show for me. And it even, is. If, yep. even if it's not, and even if it is the same one, I like that shtick better than I've ever seen before. And all of the other ones have fallen flat for me. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, and I, I, I do, I know I sound hypocritical when I talk about my high regard for the Rocky horror show. But again, I, I think that's kind of in the same realm as Bill and Ted. It's like a, the Rocky horror thing. And I know you haven't seen it and you haven't seen the movie, but that's more of an event than a, music show as well that's an, exp- an experience i should say than a music event it is but to me that one falls just as flat because i got into it really late and oh, i was just yeah. like oh my god this is just stupid um so <laughs> i never got that what it was all about i appreciate the people that did but it's still for me it falls flat okay yeah that's that's fair that's i can well i mean that's how i feel about all the other ones so I, how can i argue that exactly so the Crypt Keepers Revenge, the Knights of Hell. This is one of the few night shows they've had out in the lagoon that we were just talking about last episode. Oh, really? There's a couple of cool ones in the future, and this sounds cool too because I didn't. I but I haven't seen it. I've, other ones I have seen. Now this is neat. This is I like this a lot. And and in fact, maybe I'll go in a little bit of my history with the Crypt Keeper here. Uh, but, but first, let me say he opened and closed the show. Much like, have you ever watched Tales from the Crypt? A long time ago. Okay. So you may or may not remember that the Tales from the Crypt always started with him yep. doing a little bit, like a little almost skit that took like two, three minutes, and then he'd introduce the story. Yep. And then at the end, he'd kind of wrap up the story, almost like a, a twisted version of the moral of the story. It was always, right. it was never yeah. good. But so he did the same thing with this. Oh, cool. I would have loved to seen this because I was a huge Tales from the Crypt TV show fan, not the uh, comic. I've seen the comic and not that I don't like it. I just I saw it late after I knew what tales from the crypt was. We had gotten cable not until like my senior year of high school. And that's when tales from the crypt was in its full swing. Okay. So I used to watch the shit out of tales from the crypt and would have loved to seen this almost live version of something that I think I've watched every episode of more than once. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, that that's, oh. that sounds, um, and especially because Tales of the Crypt was at its high point, I'm sure this was an incredibly popular attraction. Mm. I would imagine it had to be, yeah. I mean, it didn't really sound like an actual episode from Tales of the Crypt because he would open the show. Then the, lag- the Lagoon show would start, and there'd be some pyrotechnics, there'd be lasers. There was a 40-foot by 90-foot water screen. Now, this actually cool. kind of surprises me because we've seen the water screen in several things now. Yeah, and that always seemed like new to me. But the wow, to find out that they had this before Islands of Adventure is where I see it most at Universal, and to uh-huh. find out that they had this before then is actually really impressive. Huh. So they had this forty foot by ninety foot water screen displaying a bunch of original Halloween themed clips that they put together for this, and then at the end there was a thirty foot tall puppet like a skull that rose from the lagoon and spoke to the audience, and then when that wrapped up, we saw the Crypt Keeper at the end to close out the show. Right, so it's not, I mean, it's obviously not going to be a Tales from the okay, Crypt show. Yeah, right, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's kind of more of a variety show yes. between, or, or a Tales of the Crypt themed variety show yes, sort of yes. thing. Yeah. That's, that sounds exactly like what it is. And then that sounds fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see it. Absolutely. Yep. This is the, that's the one for me, if we're going to go back in time again. So... Yeah, that's it for the shows. Scare zones. We'll get into scare zones here a bit before we get to the houses. Now, Hollywood Boulevard, I, my notes are short because, I mean, they, it's the same thing sounding as last year. Chainsaw Drill Team, this is there where they lived yep. during the event. And then all the rest of the characters that, again, it just is that palette. You just call it horror, horror wood and you just do whatever you want. Basically, if you can pull it off and the and this character can wear it for their entire rotation and then come back out for their next set, that's probably about all the uh, limitations yeah. they had. Yep. Yeah. I mean, horror would. I mean, if you're, if you're doing Hollywood-based stuff, you can do damn near anything you yep. want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great palette of creativity. And uh, I would love to. And then, we, oh, man, I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to say things like this for the, they don't fall through. But, I mean, I... I do have six degrees of separation to many people that have done the 
makeup, it really would be worth making the effort to talk to them I'd and love just to. And, and find out what that is, what what kind of. I don't even want to ask their process. I, well, maybe the process would be fun, but I really want to know the behind the scenes. Like, what are your limitations? What weren't you able to do? You wanted to do? I, I would love to know things like that. Absolutely, it sounds. If if we can line that up, that'd be cool. Yep. Well, it's worth trying for sure. But I don't know. Back to scare zones. Midway of the bazaar. This is what I really wanted to get to. Yeah. This was in the Amity Jaws area, which still kind of technically exist as you're going on your way to what is now Diagon Alley. Jaws, of course, does not exist, but Amity still kind of... Sort of. Sort of exists, they, yeah. They, they still have the shark you can take a picture of. Yeah, by the bar now. It used to be right out in the middle, but now it's by the Shea Alcatraz. It, you have to relate it to a bar or a bathroom, and I'll tell you exactly where anything is. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's by, yeah, that's right. It's by the bar. But at this point, it was transformed into a Carnival of Horrors-themed area with carnival misfits terrorizing everyone. So this, they, while Horrorwood was kind of an open, do whatever, a, a, a blank palette, this was specifically themed yeah. as carnival, which can be terrifying. I I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, clowns are the scariest fucking thing in the world, I think. And then you, know, you start doing other stuff to them, and it just, it, I'm basically... You remember the scene at the end of um, Zombieland, uh huh, where the clown, the 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 zombie clown, and the dude is like, "I hate clowns," and now I'm a zombie. I faced with a zombie clown. That's me. I <laughs> fucking hate clowns. They suck. And then to like make them a zombie or a ghoulish or like blood or whatever, I, that's just freaky. I would have loved to see this. <laughs> Not to um really get too much into the future but this this ended up being and and your reaction is is a perfect explanation why this ended up being so popular that they are going to continue to do the midway of the bazaar for quite a long time now uh-huh this was a huge hit yeah and you know even i i saw it in the later years and they evolved it uh it's it was really cool yep yep yeah, in fact, it's evolved into, I think, my favorite. And I know I am in a minority of this. If we do start getting veterans of the show that listen to it, or at least I've gone the years I have, when I get to the Islands of Fear year, my all-time, I think my favorite scare zone at Islands of Fear is a twist on this. Okay. It's one that people freaking hate. They just think it's so stupid, but it's like, if you really... You, I, when I show you pictures, you're going to be terrified. <laughs> there's, there's an element to it, and we'll get to it. And hopefully I remember this conversation. There's an element to it that people think ruin it. I think it actually enhances it because it's extremely unique, but we'll get to that. Cool. Um, so anyway, okay, so that's yeah, Midway of Bazaar. We're going to be mentioning that. My, I don't know how much more we're going to talk about it because it's it's not. I, it's never the same thing twice. You've seen it. You've seen the same yeah. theme, theme repeated, but they've always... No, they always yep. do a great twist yep. on it. You know, it's yep. like, it's things that, you know, you always associate with all of the midways and the carnivals and all that stuff, but there's never anything that's been repeated. And at least what I've seen, they have they don't repeat stuff. They just take stuff and build on it. And it's just, they're always creepy. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that much is true. <laughs> creepy. They're fun. So out of scare zones in the houses, the thing that is definitely draws the people. So just the three this year. So starting with Terror Underground, Transit to Torment. This is in the Nazerman's area once again. And this is this theme is a trip through an abandoned New York subway tunnel or set of tunnels. Oh shit. Yeah. And, and you know, for listeners who were born not in our time back then new york was not the city it is today <laughs> true yeah you know back then new york was was much more associated with gangs and with you know the underground was always associated with lar- large crocodiles and rats living under there that have grown into gargantuan par- proportions and it, new york had this entire mythos to itself dark mythos to itself back then that is exactly what this is inspired by. You, I was like, wait a minute, how did you get into my notes? Because oh, shit, really? <laughs> no, no, you hit it. You hit it right on. This is this is inspired by the mythos and the legends, or the urban legends, I should say, of the mysterious 
the, the catacomb dwellers, the the, yeah. the the thousands of people that lived in the subways and were raised in darkness. That is exactly what this was based after. Oh god, that would have been so fun. Yep. So I mean, they just took advantage of. I mean, they they really just took something that is a frightening idea that people have lived with their entire lives and went, okay, this is let's, what we think it looks like and probably scared the shit out of everybody. Let's bring it to life. Yep. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, over to Soundstage 23, which is, okay, it says 23 on this side of my notes. Uh, <laughs> Universal House of Horrors, classic Universal Monsters, and the list includes Frankenstein, Dracula, Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This is, I'm not even going to read the rest of my notes and tell you right now that time, if that time machine was here, this is the one I'm going to. I uh, see, and I would. I'm already on the the transit to torment, the terror underground. <laughs> like I'm on that list right away. Oh no, I love, I love classic Universal monsters, and I did get to see a a couple of House of Horrors in that would come up in the past. But I would have this is I would love to see where this starts. I've seen the one in Hollywood before it was torn down, just before it was torn down, and uh, yeah, oh this. Uh, every time I see, I missed one of these. I. Get and this this mad. seems at this point this seems kind of like a callback to the very first um was it not even universal uh, yeah fright nights, fright nights thing right well, fright nights didn't have a house but they did have those characters walk around in that's unofficial street zones that's what i mean it's yes like, this seems yep. like a callback to well this is our roots and here we go it's the fifth year we're doing this this is obviously a thing now and here you go yeah, I mean, it just seems like a natural thing. It seems like there needs to be, and this is my opinion, it seems like there needs to be a presence of these characters in one way or another. I agree. And there hasn't been every year. I just, no. I wish there was, even in the smallest way. Actually, if I, if you want to get technical, and here's the universal geek side of me, you can make these characters present. All you have to do is walk into the waiting lobby of the horror makeup show and they're all there so or actually if you want to do it doubled up you go into the monster cafe where there's even more of them so you can make the presence but i i just to me feels like there should be some some time homage to this every year but that also you also then you lock in something every year and you don't necessarily want to do that you kind of might want to have that open for other things so i can see whether or not but you know i think one of the things they could do and if you guys do this and you don't pay me for my idea, I'm kicking your butts. But um, like that Christmas think, ornament, yeah, I think the uh, a retro house would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and it doesn't have to have all of them every year. Let's like, like, do a Frankenstein house. I think that would still work. Yeah, you know, do like, uh, I don't know, just keep doing all of those. Like a Phantom of the Opera house would be kind of cool and creepy. And I think, I mean, I like opera music, so that's. Oh, there you go. That helps. So, you know, you've got that these big orchestras that are doing that kind of sound behind you, and then you've got all the other... So there's all kinds of stuff they could really do well with all these retro characters and just have a retro house every year. It would be cool. If I were in art and design, and not saying that that's, you know, that's, that's something I... It's one of those wish list things. Who knows? Maybe I'll be fortunate enough to get into that field one day although i'm not pursuing it but i'm saying if i were in that an art and design and on the halloween horror nights thing i think every year one of my pitches would be i would take one of these movies i'd look at it we'll say like okay this movie was made in 1938 what if this movie was made in 2016 what would it look like and that would be my i would do that pitch to one of these movies every year my turn came up i think exactly and i think that would be fun i i think that would be a really fun idea yeah yeah i don't know what we there that does crop up later in the future, things like that. So it's it's not something they, they haven't done. They just, we haven't done it. And we're in the fifth year. I mean, so <laughs> they haven't done it yet in our discussion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next house, Crypt Keeper's Dungeon of Terror. And this is again in the earthquake queue. This is a modified version of last year's Dungeon of Terror. It sounds like it's largely the same, except the uh, the beginning is you're, you're passing through. They, they really, really seem to amp up the facade. And you kind of pass through a dingy root cellar on your way to the illusion of going down into a dungeon rather rather instead of just walking into it like they did last year. Oh, that's neat. And you walk through. There's a cemetery uh, that you walk through as well, which was not there before. The Crypt Keeper's presence is there at the uh, entrance from the reports. Doesn't sound like he's at the exit, which, which sounds like he should be, but he's not. Yeah, I was just gonna say it sounds like you know based on on what you what you were describing earlier, it sounds like he should have been at the should exit. Have, yeah, 
but it doesn't sound like it. But the finale room. Here you go. This will this will make you happy. This just makes me happy. Final room of that house is the legendary rat lady. Nice. So she awesome. is. Yeah, we know where she is this year for sure. She's back in a house. Yeah, that's the. I mean, to me, it's anytime she gets featured in a house, that's awesome because you know having that uh, uh, tradition all these years from the very very beginning almost. It's just cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like she's going to be back this year too, from what I heard at a at nice. a uh, event as well. So we'll get it. Uh, well, I guess we won't really get into that until we do our twenty five <laughs> review. I just realized. So. Right. So but that is. Oh, go ahead. That's not that far away. That's I'm count- true. Yep. I'm counting my sleep. Yeah, no man. kidding, right? <laughs> so that's the last of the house, and that's the last of the major events. I do have some really good notes, though. Cool. Uh, here. So first off, there is a printed interview with a Scream team member. That was the team, I guess, before Art and Design. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Scream team member. His name is Jerry Abercrombie. And I pulled a specific quote from him. He says, we specialize in complete sensory overload. It's not enough to recreate the visuals. Our guests must hear, smell, and feel the experience in order to have a good scare, which we know firsthand they do. Oh, yeah. It's just so cool to see that that was the attitude they took early on. Uh, That's great. Uh, Rat Lady, for the interesting fact I have, for her this year, there's two actually. One is that they had 125 rats in rotation for it. Holy shit. Not only that, but they were all bred and raised at Universal the, itself. <laughs> so they've, they've like, you know, this is part and parcel of their deal now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, they do have that whole animal training thing there. And that, that show is just not a, and I know, I, I, I do know this. This is not speculation. That show, that animal show is not a, just a show where they bring animals in behind the stage is where they raise, train and keep and the animals live and they play with and they have their daily lives and they're well taken care of and raised and animals, other animals are brought in to be trained and part of the show. And they're, they're trained to be film and stage performers at this venues yeah. so they have the facilities they've had the facilities to do this forever i mean this 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 we is one of the original shows there yeah um when when christy was working fear factor she actually introduced us to one of the wranglers <laughs> that's right yeah the uh scorpion wrangler well the insect wrangler but the scorpion yeah, one was he brought out the scorpions for us to see yeah well yeah brought out a couple for us to see and okay the tarantula and the scorpion oh right right yeah there's a couple so yeah so we actually met one of the wranglers and yes. they're really dedicated to their job absolutely yes yeah you know the, these animals despite what you see happening these animals are really really well taken care of yeah. <laughs> like they're Peta would have nothing to do in universal studios ever Peta would come in and go oh really we have nothing to complain about shit and walk out sci-fi channel which is interesting that sci-fi channel existed back then but actually they they uh, they've been around the hell stargate was on back then but anyway that's <laughs> star uh sci-fi had a short vignette about the behind the scenes of halloween horror nights and they it was i don't know if the clips were from this year i have a feeling they were clips from past years but it was all labeled for halloween horror nights five and they would play it all through october whenever like a movie could not quite hit that hour mark when they had like 10 minutes of fill they would throw this in there so this got a lot of airplay cool leading up to halloween horror nights okay so that was that's one of the uh, the questions that i was gonna have is like so now they're actually really really marketing this yes like, oh yeah because yep. sci-fi is sci-fi is a cable channel so this yep. is going all over at least all over the u.s oh yeah um, definitely probably other places so now they've really started to market the crap out of this. <laughs> that's awesome they had a little subsection like a little entertainment area it wasn't a scare zone it was kind of just a little addition to it i've not seen this ever again i've not seen this in the time i've gone i don't recall this coming up in my notes but they called it beetlejuice's plague plague ground not playground plague ground yeah and they had a thing that they called the world hurl that was one of those zero gravity things that you all the oh. circles that spin that you you hold on with your arms and legs and you're like a, making a big x and it just spins you all over the place yeah uh a thing called the snot snapper which i don't know what that is i'm thinking that's gotta be a bungee cord thing but i don't know how i don't want to know and uh the uh, radical surf and barf so i I think that was one of those stationary (laughs) wakeboard things but again i don't know i'm just putting together pieces here surf and barf yeah 
Uh, this is the first time I've ever had these statistics, and they're awesome. To put together Halloween Horror Nights 5, they had 4,000 pounds of dismembered body part props. Holy <laughs> shit. 600 gallons of red-tinted, uh, I'm going to slaughter this, uh, methicil cellulose. Methicil cellulose. Okay. I guess blood. that's the blood. Yes. Yep. Yeah. More than 500 character actors that used more than 1,200 prosthetic pieces to make up for this event. Shit. Yep. Uh, another interesting fact. It's one of those things that I didn't realize until I was done my notes for everything. This is the last appearance of the name Dungeon of Terror for over a decade, but it will be back, but not wow, for a long that's, time. That's impressive because this yep. was that was the first one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it had a year absence. I think yeah, at three. Yeah. So it had one year absence, but it came back, and then it was here for another two years, and now we're getting to. A, five years and i think in any time you hit five years of anything you're you've got a solid thing yeah yeah we're we're talking dynasty now if it's a sport so yeah exactly so um it's interesting that the very next year they dropped it yeah yep it just makes it that much for for huge fans that have been around it from the beginning now when i see it for the first time it's new to me but people that have been going since day one it had to be exciting to see the name again Oh, and yeah. it's exciting telling the story now, but it's again, yeah. this is not something I knew until I was done all my notes all the way to twenty four. Very cool. Uh, the freight. Okay, when it wasn't when they weren't advertising directly with the Crypt Keeper or to Halloween Horror Nights and just trying to hit the rest of the party Halloween party scene, they actually used the phrase "the world's biggest Halloween party" in other media material this year. Cool. Which is, in my opinion, accurate. Uh, it is now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you can't imagine it was much different back then, but it nope. is now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to wrap up the last notes, I always have to mention the rides and attractions open. The list is getting pretty much the same as Confrontation, Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, Beetlejuice's Rock and Roll, Graveyard Review, Earthquake Jaws, Back to the Future, E.T., the only edition this year, and I don't know why they didn't do it the other years because it's been there forever, is Hitchcock's 3D Theater, but they did have it open this year. Well. Oh. That that is a weird thing not to have included earlier. Yep. So that is it for nineteen ninety five. But it is a huge milestone. This is yeah. where things start to change a lot and really start growing into my time at Halloween Hard Nights and really your start as well with that that one single the lonely icon. Poor poor that that poor lady luck gets poor dumped on luck. too much. But um <laughs> I, and I think this is, yeah, the, to me, this is where we've, we really see them hitting their stride and going, we've got a thing. We're doing this every year. We're, you know, uh, we're going to budget for this. We're going to start all of this, that process that has to go into all the, the back end stuff of this has been perfected now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. They've, they've got a thing. They know how to do this. They know how to roll with it. They know what they want to, you know, how they want to do stuff and they're going to start rolling. And I think that's very evident with the layout of this, the lineup that they have and everything that they're doing, even though they went back one house, I, I still think this looks like a, a much more put together um, event. And I think we're, what I'm suspecting is we're going to see this continue as the years go by. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Without looking at my notes, I'm in total agreement with that. So that leads into our creative question. Another kind of uh, nebulous question here as I'm reading it. This is inspired by the Crypt Keeper. This is inspired by the Crypt Keeper. This is him being outside of the universal catalog of intellectual property. What house or actually I'm going to open that up to anything. What anything would you like to see? That you know you'll never see because the owners just will not license it to Universal. Okay, I think there's an easy one for there, me, and uh, I, yeah, I probably have the same one. <laughs> and and um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay, okay, that's not where I was going, but the same owners. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean would be really cool. I think that they could use the lagoon in really cool ways to do a scare zone for Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that putting a ship in there and, you know, having just like the, the undead characters and the pirate characters and, you know, all that stuff would be really cool. 
from the original ride, there's enough adult-themed stuff that would fit right in with modern-day Halloween, it would be fun. Yeah. That's a good one. That's actually not... I thought I was really afraid you and I would have the same answer here. Actually, I'm going to give two answers. I'm going to go one that's really inspired by the Crypt Keeper. And I don't think... Actually, this one might not be impossible. I think it would be awesome if you had, just as a lark, not as a lark, I mean, you don't want to make it lighthearted, but it would be nice to see her there and maybe even have her introduce like a Lagoon movie show. It'd be cool to have props to Elvira and her role in horror. Yes. But I don't think that's impossible. So I, I'm not, I don't think that's really my answer. My answer I thought was obvious. I was afraid you and I were going to have it. It's, it's another Disney-owned property now. It's Star Wars, but to be specific, and this might not be something everyone that listens to this show knows about, I would love to see a Death Trooper's house. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I was thinking Star Wars right off the bat, too, and I'm like, yeah, but Star Wars is just not really a horror sort of thing. And then I completely forgotten about Death Troopers. Death Troopers is one of the most frightening books I've read, and it, regardless of it being Star Wars. Really? As weird as that is. Just, well, I, I'm going to have to pick it up then. Uh, you haven't read it? No, oh, it was it one of the ones where I was like, uh, "Really, you're crossing over Star Wars with like gore horror? Are you fucked?" Well, it's a it's a zombie Star Wars story, but it's like, why did it frighten me so? It was because this is why it frightened me. It's and it's not a spoiler because it starts off like this. It starts off on a ship, and there's no getting away from anything. Ah, uh, yeah, that and that's really why space horror has always worked yeah right? yes that's why it was frightening i wouldn't say that they broke any ground with this but the fact that there was no getting away from anything and you pretty much had to survive until you could get to somewhere you could get off the ship made it intense maybe not frightening intense might be the better word for it that's cool so if you're a horror fan and if you have any interest in star wars you've not read death troopers i suggest checking it out and then try to envision a a, a house made by the art and design team of halloween horror nights and just <laughs> and not say ah. Oh, if only. Right. So that is it. That is 1995. Another year we obviously missed, but oh well. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember much of 1995. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good reason for that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we're coming up four years, four years knocking on the door of me going to Halloween Horror Nights, two years knocking on the door that I was actually here and should have went, but that's, we'll get to that lamenting when we get to those years so that is all i got for this year anyone that has anything to add as always that offer is always open please don't hesitate to let us know all the contact information is about to follow as i wrap up the show and say thank you for listening and we will be back again covering 1996 thank you for listening to the catacombs of halloween horror nights podcast the catacombs of halloween horror nights is a news as internet entertainment production for more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening.